Thanks so much for joining us here on the Rivers Church Podcast. We see a church full of passionate people who reach the unchurched with the gospel of Jesus. Our heart is to equip people to love, live, and lead in God's kingdom. We hope you enjoy today's message and pray that it encourages you to be all that God has destined you to be. If you need anything, please feel free to reach out to us and check us out on our website at riverschurch.co. That's riverschurch.co. This is going to be found in John 15, 4 through 11. Remain in me, and I will remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. If a man remains in me and I in him, he will bear much fruit. But apart from me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not remain in me, he is like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire, and burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, Ask whatever you wish, and it will be given to you. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now remain in my love. If you obey my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have obeyed my Father's commands and remain in his love. I have told you this, so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. This is the word of the Lord. Amen. Would you join me for prayer right now? Lord, I pray that you would help us today and this week, Lord, to not, again, just be hearers of the word, but doers of your word. We want to live this out. We want to experience what it means, what it looks like to remain in you. So God, would you teach us that today? Would you help us with that? Would you show us what that means, how that looks, so that we can truly be people who stay connected to you, the vine? Lord, my prayer is that every single one of us would would grow in our awareness of you and your presence in our life at all times of our life, every day, every minute. God, you are with us. And I pray that we would grow in the awareness of your presence, alive and at work in us. In Jesus' name, amen. Can have a seat. This week I get to go to Washington and see my family and gonna perform a funeral for a man that I just love dearly, my Uncle Dave, who lost his battle with cancer last month. And I'm thankful that my Uncle Dave loved Jesus. Big deal, because now I know where he's at. There's a comfort in that. Uh, I'm thankful that Uncle Dave and, and my Aunt Cheryl, they actually love Rivers Church too. They've been connecting with us digitally for at least a year now and have been a part of this community. We prayed with them and for them. And they were a part of our freedom course last fall. Some of you who are participating in that and you were online, they were in one of the online groups last fall. And so it's just kind of fun, fun little side note there. But you know, when a, when a loved one dies, it always causes us to reflect, doesn't it? There's a reflection of like, oh man, 
life's short. Yeah, I need to make the most of this thing. This, this is going to end. How am I living? What's like, what's, what, what am I doing? Am I, I need to stop being an idiot. I need to, like, I need to do, do the right thing. You know, we start thinking all these things, right? Like, it just causes us to reflect. You know, they say that the two most important days in your life are, number one, the day you're born, but then number two, the day you find out why. So do you know why you're here? Why are you here? Why don't you go ahead and ask your neighbor that right now? Just ask him. Come on. Why are you here? Come on. This is fun. Just here. Why are you here? Why are you here? <laughs> and obviously, we don't mean here, like here in this room, here joining us online, but like why, why are we here in life? Like, why do I exist? That's the question right there, right? It's one of the four philosophical questions in life that are so important, okay? So the first one is this, is, is how did this all start? How did we get here? Uh, the second one is, why am I here? The third one is, how do I live? The fourth one is, where do I go after all this is done? Those are the four philosophical questions. The first one deals with origin. How did this all start? How did this begin? How did we get here? What is the cause of our existence? It's the origin question. What started this all? The second question is a question of purpose. It's a question of, of, of calling and meaning. What's the meaning of my life? Okay, so I'm alive, so why am I alive? Why am I here? Why do I exist? The third question is a question of morality. How do I live? So I have this life, and I have purpose and meaning, and this is what I think it is, but how do I live? And basically, this is what morals or principles are going to govern my life, and who determines those? Do I get to choose my own? Because that sounds good to a lot of us. Do I allow certain people groups to determine what I should value and what should be the principles that govern my life? Should I allow a political party to do that? Should I allow another country to do that? Who should I, who should I allow to govern my morals and principles? That's how do I live. And then the fourth question is, uh, where are we going after all this is done, right? Where, where are we going after this? It's a question of destiny. When this is all over, then What? And so as you think about it, every world religion and every worldview seeks to answer these four questions. This is their attempt. They want to explain all of this. We all long to know. How do we get here? Why are we here? How do we live? And what happens next? This is so important for us. So whatever you believe, line up your belief system with these questions. And what do you learn? What does it teach you? And I think it's important for us to, to take our philosophy, our worldview, our belief system in answer these questions and where does that leave me? And I've you know looked at different religions, done comparative religion, different things like this, and I can just honestly say, in my opinion, the bottom of my heart, I believe with all that I am that Christianity offers the clearest, best, most logical explanation to all four of those philosophical questions. But I also encourage everyone to explore that for themselves. I'll just take it from me. But in this series, we're starting today called God's Plan. This is going to be a great series, okay? So I'd encourage you, commit to being here these next several weeks because we're going to talk about what is God's plan for my life. You ever wonder that? What's God's plan for my life? So we're going to, maybe you haven't. That's okay. We're going to talk about it. God's plan. This is us wrestling with question number two. What's my purpose? Why am I here? What's the meaning of my life? 
And so it's an all-important question. If you've been a follower of Jesus for any length of time, you've probably wrestled with this in the form of what's God's will for my life? What is his will? We need to be concerned about God's will for our life. And if we're not, it's important that we get there. God, what is the will that you have for me as I live this life? I want to be in the center of God's will. It's so, so important. And throughout all the years that Amy and I have done ministry, especially youth and young adult ministry, this was a popular conversation and question. What's God's will for my life? What does he want me to do? Where should I go to college? What career should I pick? How do I know that I'm picking the right career, Tyron? I don't know I'm picking the right person to marry, Tyron. You know, those are great questions because we long to know what is God's will for my life. Talk about that in this series here. And I think it's important that we learn to take this, these questions and this wrestling to God first. This is a part of you and I living out this whole theme that we're living in this year, kingdom first. We want to live the God first life. And so I want to go to God first as I'm wrestling through decisions, especially the big decisions in life. God, what do you want to speak to me through this? God, I need to hear from you. And if we're honest, sometimes we don't want to ask God because we're afraid he might tell us to do something we don't want to do, right? God, I just know God's up to something. He's like, he's out to get me. I just know it. Like, he wants me to not really enjoy my life. And so if I ask him, his plans are going to be different than my plans. I kind of like my plans. And so thanks, God, and I'll believe in you. You've saved me. I'll be in heaven someday. It's awesome. But I got this thing, this thing figured out. And we want to go after our plans instead of going to him first. This is another area we got to go to him first. And trust me in this, and you see this so clearly in Scripture and so clearly played out in our lives, that God has good plans for you. The things that God has for you, the things he asks you to do, you will enjoy. That plan, that, 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 the calling, the career, God wants you to actually enjoy those things. We get nervous and feel like, uh, I don't know. It, it really comes down to trust issue, which will be a big theme in, in this series. But God has plans for you. Years ago, there was a song, if you grew up in church and you've been around here for a while, you've you maybe heard this. It actually predates me a little bit, but there's something along the lines of, God, I'll do whatever you want, but please don't send me to Africa. Does anybody ever remember that song? Okay, God, you know, I don't even know how it went, but, that, but please don't send me to Africa. It's kind of like, Okay, God, I love you. Thank you. you. Your love, you forgive me. It's okay. I'll do whatever except kind of a deal. You ever prayed those prayers? <laughs> I'll do whatever, God, except this and this and this, this. But as long as you keep within this boundary, we're good. <laughs> and sometimes we can, we may not say that, but we can act like that. But here's the good news. God has things for you in your life. He's got plans for you that you will enjoy. Jeremiah 29, 11. God says, for I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord. I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord. So this was a truth for the people of God, the Israelites at that time. But this is an all-time truth for all of us. God has plans for you as well. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. Sounds pretty good, right? So God says, I had plans. And I think a lot of us, we get stressed out in these decisions. I'm worried about the decision. I need to make the right decision. We need to make the right decision. And we talk to people. We'll wrestle through it. Well, have you ever done those like pros and cons? And like, here's, you know, the, the good and the bad of these decisions. You ever done one of those before? You know, we do all this kind of stuff. And all along, God's like, I, I know. I know the plans I have for you. Would you ask me? You want my thoughts on this? 
Because I know the plans. I knew you before you were born. I know. And God's just waiting for us to ask. Because he knows. And those plans are so good. You will enjoy them. Now, let's be clear. Sometimes he's going to ask you to do things that are going to be outside your comfort zone. And it's like, uh, I'm, I'm afraid you're going to have to conquer fear in your life. There are going to be things that in and of themselves aren't enjoyable, but the end result is. You might be, have to have tough conversations in love. and all. You're going to have to work through stuff in life. You're going to have to work hard in life. There might, you might be doing a job that you love, but there's going to be those aspects like, I don't really enjoy this part, but the rest of it I love. And so thank you, Lord, for my job. There's all those things, right? But big picture is this, that God wants you to enjoy life. He has great plans for you, hope and a future. And I hope that you know that, that you believe that, because I want you to experience that. I want you to experience God's plans for your life. Now, I love Psalm 37.4 says this, says, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. So this is another good promise from God. He will give you the desires of your heart. Those things you long for, God wants to give those to you. So many of those longings deep inside of us actually are God-given. God wants to give those to you. But our job is to not focus on all the things we want, but really to focus on delighting ourselves in the Lord. That's the key. The key is to lean into that part. Delight yourself in the Lord. And then this will happen. We like to focus on the, this is going to happen, right, God? You're going to give me the desires of my heart. So awesome. I want this. I want this. I want this. I pray for this. I pray for this. Would you do this? Would you do this? Would you do this? Okay, bring it on, God. Desires of my heart. Your word tells me. But actually, the key is to lean into just delight yourself in the Lord. Focus in on that place right there. I love the word delight because it's so strong. This is what it means. It means a high degree of gratification or joy. Uh, Extreme satisfaction. Something that gives great Pleasure. What if this described your life, your relationship with God? What if that was the words that described how you experience God on a regular basis? If it doesn't, do you think it could? I think God wants you to delight in him so that you can enjoy him. You can experience extreme satisfaction in him. And if you're not experiencing that in your life right now, What do you think needs to take place in order for you to experience the joy and the satisfaction that God has for you? I want you to think about that today. Because this is what we need to lean into. Delight yourself in the Lord, and then. Because God's not a vending machine, right? I'm just going to go to God like, again, God, thank you. You've saved me. I'm going to be in heaven someday. So now bless me, bless me, bless me. We got to focus in on him. Delight yourself in the Lord. You know, there's lots of things in life that we can enjoy, right? So many things that, you know, you probably thinking back over this last week, had several moments that you would say, that was really fun. That was a great moment. We had several this week. Yesterday and, and Wednesday night here in youth service, I got to watch my daughter perform a human video, and that was awesome. Her and her friend Tori, who's also part of the youth ministry here, They did a great job with this human video. If you don't know what a human video is, by the way, it is people doing drama to a song. That's what it is. So they acted out this drama to this song, and 
If you want to know, was it the greatest human video ever in the history of planet Earth? My answer would be yes, which is obviously the dad in me speaking, right? It's like, that was awesome. It's like, I had so much joy. I just sometimes wonder, as we're doing things that we enjoy, that God has called us to do, God is just looking on us, just smiling over us. He's experiencing pleasure with us. I experienced that as a dad. I'm just like, oh, this is so... I love this. It's so enjoyable and amazing. I'm so proud of her. I even felt that as Levi Ostrom sang his solo yesterday as part of Fine Arts, and it was so cool. So those are just enjoyable moments of this last week. Several more with our family. I think back to last Sunday. Last Sunday was, was Easter. Remember that? It's like a week ago. It's a long time ago. Easter was a lot of fun around here. You had a couple of great services, meeting some new people. We got new people back because of it. It's so fun because we just want to help as many people grow in their relationship with God as we possibly can. And so it's just fun. It was fun to have Easter. It was just a fun celebration. Lots of fun moments this last week, but I'll be honest and say the, the greatest moments of my week were those moments where I really experienced and felt the tangible presence of God where he was speaking to me, he was working in my life, he was dealing with some things in me, he was healing me. It was these moments with God that, and I'll just be real, I'm not perfect, I didn't have a perfect week, but those were the best parts of my week, as great as all the other stuff was. What if God became the greatest pleasure of my life? Ask yourself that. What if God actually was the greatest pleasure of my life. Are we supposed to enjoy life or are we supposed to enjoy God? Life or God, which is it? And I think the real answer is yes, it's both, right? But the real, real answer is you and I can enjoy life even more out of enjoying God. As we grow in enjoying him and our relationship with him and his presence alive and working in our life, I promise you, you can enjoy life even more. Because you and I can enjoy things apart from God. Like you go to Disneyland with your friends or family when it finally opens someday, you'll have fun, right? That'll be great. But my enjoyment, the pleasure I have in life because of my relationship with God brings greater depth to all the other joys in my life. Brings greater meaning and fulfillment and satisfaction because of who God is alive and at work in my life. What if God became the greatest pleasure in my life? He wants to be. He wants to be and he can be. The fact that God is alive and lives inside of us means this is possible, guys. This truly is possible, that he be the pleasure that we have. As he is, and as we grow in that, which is what we're talking about today, he will give you the desires of your heart, because he's a good God like that. He'll give you those longings that you have. And what I've discovered is sometimes in that journey, my desires change. Have you noticed that? Like, I used to want this. Now I don't want it anymore. And it's like God's doing a work in my life. And then I realize God will lovingly help me get rid of the desires that just aren't good for me (laughs) and aren't helping me. And and, and then my desires are shifting. Like I've seen people who did not enjoy reading the Bible, didn't enjoy reading this book. As they grow in their relationship with the Lord, they're like, I love this book. This is like, 
Do you know that this book is, that's, is amazing? Like, have you, have you read this story in this? And I just love when people get excited about the Bible. It's so cool. But it becomes more than just like, I'm going to read this because that's what a Christian does. But it becomes like, I'm enjoying God. I'm with God. He's speaking to me. I'm just like, it's like me and God time as I read his word. That happens. It's a desire that grows as we grow in our relationship with him. I've seen people who were scared to death to pray, to pray for people, to pray in front of people, all of a sudden begin to have a desire to do so. Because God's like that. God changes our desires. It's amazing. how I've seen people who didn't like worship, didn't like worship music, and then as, as they grow in their relationship with God, they love worship. It's a way for them to connect with God. So as we grow and we go on this journey with God, those desires will change. And the crazy thing is we don't care because it's God doing it. It's like, I used to long for that and I don't, I don't want it anymore because God has something better for me. And so something interesting plays out as you and I delight ourselves in the Lord and we find him giving us the desires of our heart more and more. He always does want to give us the desires of our heart. So we're just laying a foundation for this God's plan series. Okay. So God has plans for you, plans to give you hope in the future prosper you, not to harm you. We want to focus in on leaning on delighting in him, though. Delight yourself in the Lord. But let's talk about God's will for our life. What is God's plan for our life? And basically, you could break it up into two parts. There's two parts to God's plan for your life. There is, number one, there's the general will of God. And number two, there is the specific will of God. In the first service, I don't know if it was a God thing or not, but it just kind of became, I think I might change it to this. There's a, the primary will of God, and there's a secondary will of God. So we get caught up in the secondary will of God. Like, we want to know the specifics. Like, okay, God, I just need to know, like, uh, where do you want me to go to school? Okay, you know, uh, what decisions should I make in this? What career should I take? We get caught up in that. We stress about that. We worry about that. We go to God about that constantly. But God wants us to focus on our primary will, that general will of God. That, it has to start there. So I'm going to tell you what God's will is for your life, because God's will for your life is the same as it is for everybody. You have the same will of God. You have the same will. God's will for you is the same as them, 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 everybody online. It's, it's the same. This is the general will of God. This is the primary will of God. This is what it is. And oh, by the way, we're not going to get into the secondary or the, the specific will of God this week. That's next week. Come back next week. We'll start talking about that stuff. And again, that's the stuff we stress about. But you're going to see why this is so foundational today. The general or the primary will of God, I kind of like that better, is to know him and make him known. That's it. It is that simple, friends, to know him. And make him known. What should I do for the rest of my life? Know him. And make him known. Well, I want to know what, like, I got to wrestle with this decision. I got this big decision I got to make. What should I do? You know, God would say, just lean into your relationship with me. And I'll lead you, guide you, focus on me, delight yourself in the Lord. I'll take care of you. I got you. It's so important that we start here. And I just want to encourage you just to relax. Just relax. You got nothing to stress about. Nothing to worry about. And all these things will be given to you. They'll be added to you. I'll take care of all the other stuff. Seek me first. 
So relax. Maybe take a deep breath. So I'll do that. Just lean into knowing him. That's all you got to do. This is where it starts. And God wants to help you. God wants to carry those burdens, take those burdens, those stresses, those worries. He will speak you. He will guide you. And we're like, okay, I just need to know now, though, God. Can you tell me now? He's like, trust me. I may not tell you yet. Just lean into me. Just focus in on knowing me. Know me. We tend to overcomplicate things, guys. And that's why it's so important we start here. This is God's will for your life. This is God's will for everybody on planet Earth, to know him and to make him known. Jesus said this, and this is the way to have eternal life, to know you. So he's talking to God, praying to Heavenly Father, the only true God and Jesus Christ, the one you sent to earth. What's the way to experience eternal life? It's to know God, to be in relationship with God. God wants you to know him. And I think he wants you to know him so that you'll fall in love with him. That's the goal. He just wants you to love him. And you can't love someone you're not in a relationship with, right? You have to be in a relationship with someone in order to love them. Like you can have compassion for somebody that you don't know. You can empathize for them, but you can't truly love them if you're not in a relationship with them. And so that's why it's all about relationship. So you and I be in this relationship so we can grow in loving God. And so Jesus said this, Mark 12. Jesus replied, the most important commandment is this. Listen, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. This is Jesus, by the way, quoting from Deuteronomy 6, which we read as we were dedicating Ridley a few moments ago. The Lord our God is the one and only Lord. And you must love the Lord your God with all your heart and soul and mind and strength. This is what it centers around. Jesus longs for us to fall in love with him. And the more you get to know him, the more you're going to love him. And the reason because of that is, is because he's love. God is love. The more we experience his love, the more we grow in awareness of his love in our life, the more we are going to love him. I've learned what true love is because I know who love is. Did you catch that? You and I can experience true love because we know who love is. Love is a person. Love is God. God is love. The more you and I get to know him, the more you, I promise you, you will love him. And it's really because it started with him. He loved us first. And John, one of his disciples, said this. We love because he first loved us. He always does. So Jesus wants us to continually experience his love. That's his goal for you and I. This really is his will for our life, that you and I would experience his love constantly. Jesus said this. We read these words earlier at the beginning. Let's look at a couple verses. John 15, verses 9 and 10. As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Now remain in my love. If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commands and remain in his love. Jesus longs for you and I to constantly experience the love that he has for us. But it really hinges on us trusting him and walking in obedience to him. Do you see that? If you obey me, if you, if you do what I've asked you to do, you will continue to experience my love. Now, the good news is, no matter what, when we make mistakes, we mess up, God still loves us. He still has love for us, but you and I can actually step out of experiencing his love when we disobey. 
and rebel against his ways. He still loves us, and so we come back, we ask for forgiveness, we repent, and I can step back and experience that love. I want to live in that place where I'm experiencing his love on a regular basis. See, here's what we got to understand, guys. We talk about God's plan for your life, God's will for your life. God's will for you is himself. <laughs> his will for your life is him. We want the plans, but the answer is actually a person. It's God. It's him. We want help with the decisions, right? Like, God, tell me what decision to make. And God's like, just trust in me. Just look to me. But yeah, but God, I just need to know who you want me to marry. You know, I just want to make sure I do the right person. God's like, I'm the most important person in your life. Just keep leaning on me. Yeah, but God, I need to know my future. What's my future? God's like, I am your future. Okay, that's great, God. But what's, what's your will for my life? God's like, I am your will. God's plan is himself. It's what it is. It's him. He is what you and I need. The longings that we have deep inside of us are fulfilled and satisfied and find their greatest enjoyment and pleasure when it's with him, by him, for him. God's plan is himself. Guys, we talked about last week with Easter. It's, he's all about relationship. And sometimes we can put going after God's will above our relationship with him. That's why it's important we understand that. It's like, no, God wants you to focus on being with him. It's not about doing, but being. And so God's plan is himself. So discovering God's will, it's not like this, I gotta figure out what's the correct decision so I live the correct life. No, it's really just about centering my life around him. This is where it starts. This is why it's good to start here because I just wanna encourage you just to relax and trust God and lean into him and you are gonna be okay. He's going to take care of you. To know him and to make him known. This is it, guys. This is the goal of life. If that's all you and I do, you're going to have a great life because everything's going to flow out of it. (laughs) To know him, make him known. To know God really is the greatest privilege of our life, guys. The, the fact that you and I can know our creator, our heavenly father, this is the greatest privilege, the greatest joy. I'm praying that you and I would get to know him better and better and better and get closer to him more and more and more. That's my prayer for you. And again, the fact that God himself comes and sets up residence inside of us when we confess Jesus as our Lord and Savior and commit to following him, that shows us this is possible. We can actually do this. We would know him more than anyone else, be closer to him more than anyone else. And here's, here's how I think this is played out or lived out in our life. Here's what this looks like. It's, it's you and I just simply growing in the awareness of God's presence alive and at work in our life. And that takes time. It's a process. It's, we're, we're growing in this. It's a journey. It takes practice to grow in cultivating the presence of God in my life and being, being aware of God's presence with me at all times, every moment of the day, even in those seemingly mundane moments, God's presence is so strong even then. And so it's growing in this. Last year, I read this great book. It's a classic book by Brother Lawrence called The Practice of the Presence of God. 
I think it's like a four or five hundred year old book, and it's a difficult read because of you know how it's written to understand. But there's gold in this thing as you just work your way through it. And his whole goal was, I want to learn to be aware of God's presence in my life in everything that I do. So he called it practicing the presence of God. Here's just a few things that he said. He said, the most holy and important practice in the spiritual life is the presence of God. That is, every moment to take great pleasure that God is with you. That means finding constant pleasure in his divine company. Like, did you know this is possible, guys? That's what's cool about this Christianity thing. You and I can actually experience this. Like, we can find constant pleasure in God's divine company. You ever feel all alone and like nobody cares? I feel like those lonely moments are just God speaking to us, drawing him, drawing us to him, showing you that I'm all you need. I'm all you need. I think God uses loneliness a lot. Show us, I'm here. Okay, so that, that means finding constant pleasure in his divine company, speaking humbly and lovingly with him in all seasons at every moment without limiting the conversation in any way. There's no greater lifestyle, no greater happiness than that of having a continual conversation with God. This, my friends, is the goal. This is the goal. And I'm praying that you would grow in practicing this this week. That you would grow in becoming more aware of God's presence, having those conversations with him, cultivating the presence of God, and just taking pleasure in his presence, just enjoying God as he's with you every single moment of the day. I think this is what Jesus was talking about in that John 15 passage. Remember he talked about remaining in my love? He wants us to remain in that place, remain in my love. Uh, verse 5 says, I'm the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and... Uh, and I and you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Which is an interesting statement for Jesus to make. Apart from me, we can do nothing. Apart from Jesus, we can do nothing. Like seriously, there's a lot of people that don't believe in Jesus, want nothing to do with Jesus, and they're doing something. When you think about it. So what does this mean, Jesus? Well, you look at he's talking about remaining in him and bearing fruit. So you and I cannot bear kingdom fruit if we don't remain in him. You and I cannot do anything that is of eternal, spiritual, kingdom of God significance apart from him. And then in, in, when you compare all those things in life, you know, I guess, is it really anything if it doesn't last? So Jesus says, remain in me and you'll bear much fruit. You can't apart from me. Well, the truth is, you, you and I will always bear fruit. Fruit comes out of our life, right? <laughs> fruit happens. What kind of fruit's coming out of our life? That's the question. So Jesus says, remain in me. This is us cultivating the presence of God, remaining. Maybe your Bible says abiding. It's learning how to abide and cultivate God's presence in our life. So how do we do this? This is the goal. This is what I want to challenge us to, to grow in this week. But how do we do this? And so that's where the, the spiritual practices come into play. Like reading the Bible is so good and so important. Prayer, worship, uh, come to encounter night this, this Wednesday night. All those, those things are not meant for us to feel good about doing our Christian duty. 
Okay, I read my Bible this morning. Check, did that, and I can move on with my day. Oh, wait, forgot to pray. God, God, did you bless me? Would you help so-and-so? Check, prayed, move on with my day. Now, those things are meant to cultivate a greater awareness of God's presence. And so I'm enjoying God. I'm in his presence as I'm praying. As I'm reading his word, I am with him. I'm enjoying God as I do all of this. And then out of that, I can go and live out the rest of my life. And these other responsibilities, these, this, the work, the calling, all the other specifics out of that. And I want to enjoy God as I do all the rest of those, just as I enjoyed that moment. And those moments with God. That's the goal. And so this, you know, these practices like prayer, reading, worship, silence, meditation, solitude, all of those things are meant to cultivate a greater awareness of who God is and what he wants to do in our life, in and through us. That's the goal. We're just developing an awareness for God who is alive and at work in our life. So that's how we do it. So I want you to think this week, how can I do this? How can I cultivate the presence of God? How can I practice the presence of God in my life this week? See, God's all about relationship. That's why this is a great follow-up to last week's Easter message. Jesus didn't just go to the cross so you could be forgiven and someday be in heaven. No, he really wanted relationship with you. And that relationship doesn't start someday when, you, when you're in heaven. It starts today because his kingdom is here now already. The kingdom of heaven is here. That's what Jesus did. That's what he came to establish. And so the relationship starts now. God just wants relationship. That's what he wants. And... We're called to, to, to develop that, grow in that. And last week we talked about what it means to be a Christian. We're kind of trying to break down, just kind of understand what does it mean to be a follower of Christ? And so we talked about four things. A follower of Christ is someone who's committed to following Jesus, who is being changed by Jesus, who's led by the Spirit of Jesus, and who's living on the mission of Jesus. So what I like about what we're talking about today is that we've just simplified even those four things to this. Hey, let's just know him and make him known. It's just even a little bit simplified version of how we would define what it means to be a Christian. Know him and make him known. Know him and make him known. That is God's plan, his will for your life. For the rest of your life, you and I need to focus in on that. And out of that, everything else will flow. The more you get to know him, the more you're going to love him. And the more you love him, the more you're going to want others to know him. It'll just naturally happen. I think that our lack of evangelism, of sharing about Jesus, isn't necessarily, I got to get better at sharing my faith. It's really, I got to just love Jesus and be more passionate about Jesus in my life. That's the real issue, because what I love and what I'm passionate about, I just tend to talk about. It's just going to come out naturally. I mean, you've probably seen this before, like the most shy, introverted person, you get them talking about the right subject, and they will talk your ear off. You're like, who are you? I didn't think you talked. You get them talking about the right thing, and it's over. I thought you were shy. Yeah, but, you know, and so we, we can hide behind personality. I'm too shy to share my faith. I'm telling you, the more you love him, the more you're going to want other people to know him. Let's focus. That's, that's our issue right there. Let's just lean into loving Jesus more. Hmm. So maybe the key to sharing our faith isn't just sharing our faith. Maybe it's just falling in more love with Jesus. I think that's the key. Know him and make him known. This is the journey we want to help you on. I want to encourage you. Uh, I want to, I'm going to push you. I'm going to challenge you to take next steps. Okay, what do you need to do next in growing in this in your life?
knowing him and make him known. And we want to help people just continue to move. I don't want you to be stuck, stale, stagnant in your relationship with God. I want you to keep moving and growing in your relationship with him. We have this strategy here, and maybe you've seen this before, but this is, we want to help everyone just kind of live in this place. We're continually in love, live, lead. It's part of our mission, but it's part of our strategy as well, that you're growing in a love for God and other people, that you're growing in in living like Jesus and living in the kingdom, and that we're leading other people to him. And we want to live in this place. And so when you look at that, that can get overwhelming, but here's the goal is that you just, wherever you're at in this continuum right here, just take the next step. That's all I got to do. Where am I at? What do I need to do next? Maybe you've never been baptized in water. You need to go public with your faith in Jesus. Just do that. That's a great next step. Because I'm convinced that following Jesus is all about next steps. Which, by the way, is where we're going in the, in, the, in the rest of the series. We get caught up in the, okay, so if I do this next, Jesus, then what? Then, like, then, then what? Then this, and then this, and then, and then five years from now, and then 10 years from now. Like, where's this leading? Where's this going? Jesus, I just got to know. And he's often like, no, 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 just do the next thing. That's all I got to do. Just trust me with the next step, and then I'll tell you, okay, I'm getting ahead of myself because that's next week and the coming weeks. But next step. If you've never done our Discover class, come and... Next Sunday, we got Discover right after the second service, free lunch. We'll feed you, and you can learn more about who we are, how to get plugged in, how to get involved, how to grow, all that. It's just an easy, simple next step. If you haven't started a Go group, we're really leaning into that right now. I'd encourage you to start a Go group. We've got some great things that we're doing with that strategy. We'll have some other classes and and groups that we'll be launching in the fall. We got one group going right now, one programmatic group, that is, Freedom Course, but we'll be doing some other stuff in the future because we want to do some programming things to help us grow. And the goal isn't that we just grow intellectually and I learn more about God now I'm smarter as a Christian. No, the goal is is that I'm growing in my relationship with Jesus so that I can actually live this thing out. Because it's about obedience, not intellectual knowledge. Intellectual knowledge is not going to change the world. Intellectual knowledge is actually not even, it's a starting place, but it's not going to change your life. And so we want to live this thing out and walk in obedience. So that's the whole goal. So what do I do? Just whatever's next. And so go group. You've been around here. You've heard us talk about go groups. Maybe you haven't started one yet. You're scared. You're nervous. You're shy. We get all that. Um, Just want to encourage you to kind of push through that. In fact, our friend Taylor Smith has felt that same stuff, and uh, he has got an encouraging message for you. So just watch this video right here. Hey, Rivers Church, Taylor Smith here. Pastor Tyrone asked me to put together a quick video about how my Go group got started. I'm really excited to, to share this with you. So we were looking at a list at one point of new people who had started to come to our church. We noticed a name on there. It was the same name as a guy who works at the school where I teach. And through a roundabout way where I managed to not be too creepy and just avoid saying, you know, I saw your name on a sheet of paper, uh, I found out this was, in fact, him who'd been coming to the church. I thought, oh, this would be such a cool chance to do a go group with this guy who's at the school where I teach. What a cool opportunity that would be. Then I kept chickening out to ask him. For days, weeks, multiple times, I chickened out to ask this guy whether or not he wanted to do a go group. And the Holy Spirit wouldn't let up. He kept insisting, you're going to do a go group with this guy. You need to do it. Finally, I ask him, and he just says emphatically, like, yes, yes, I want to do that. I want to do one of those go groups because he knew what I was talking about. He'd heard our announcements here. 
And so he's super excited to do that. We start meeting and those go groups are great. They're simple yet beautiful, which is so often how Jesus works. You get together, you read scripture, you ask each other some questions, you pray for people who don't know Jesus because that's what discipleship can look like. It can be simple and beautiful in that way. After our second meeting, he tells me, hey, I just wanted you to know something I thought was cool. Uh, I, when I was leaving my previous job, he was saying I was being prayed for by this guy. This guy was praying for me that I would find some sort of Bible study at this school. And since you asked me, now we have this. That's such a cool answer to this prayer. And I told him, well, I'm glad I finally stopped chickening out and actually asked you to do this. It was great to get to be an answer to whoever's prayer that was. I don't know this person who was praying for this friend of mine, but now here we are. Because I asked, I got to be an answer to that prayer and now we have that fellowship. So I hope this is an encouragement to you and that maybe some commiseration, you know, maybe you've been chickening out to ask somebody and you know that you're not the only one doing that. But I hope it's also a not so gentle nudge from the Holy Spirit to ask because that person is waiting to be asked and God wants to see you and that person get closer to him. So we got to stop chickening out and we got to ask and see the cool things the Lord's going to do through that. Thanks for church. Love you. Thanks, Taylor. That was good, man. Just got to ask. You never know what God's going to do on the other side of that ask. And it's just a great reminder and a great encouragement for all of us. We long to see a movement of discipleship take place in this church. And we think programming has its place. We'll have some groups and classes, but really it's got to be relational. That's why we've simplified it to this relational thing. It's so simple that anybody can do it. It's reproducible. We've got a brochure and bookmarks in the back there for go groups. Just want to encourage you to get in one so that you can grow in your relationship with God and help somebody else grow. And then reach out to other people. Remember, what's what's God's will for our life? To know him and make him known. So I can live this out very easily and practically right in a go group. Know him and make him known. You ever know how God's gonna move on the other side of that ask. There's a guy that I asked to do a go group with. I hadn't talked to him in actually probably two years and I reached out to him and just, he was on my heart. Got together for coffee and I said, hey, I'm thinking about doing this thing. Would you be interested? And his response was, I actually just was thinking about spiritual things the other day. So maybe this is good timing. I'm like, you're right. I think it is. Let's do it. He's like, okay, let's do it. And every time we meet, he's like, this is awesome. Thank you so much. I enjoy that we're doing this. And this is fun to see somebody grow as we just dive into the word and talk about it. I love it. I just wanna see that happen more and more and more. If you need help, let us know. But we just wanna see discipleship and growth take place. I wanna see you live God's will for your life. Know him and make him known. Know him and make him known. We don't wanna just keep this to ourselves, right? Like this, this God thing, like God's amazing. He's the best thing ever in my life and I'm never gonna tell anybody about it. Like, that'd be a shame, wouldn't it? Oh, know him and make him know. Two scriptures just to close us out here. David says this, because of you, I know the path of life. As I taste the fullness of joy in your presence. At your right side, I experience divine pleasures forevermore. And that's our invitation and our opportunity right there. 
Because of him, we can know the path of life. We can taste the fullness of joy because of his presence. We can experience divine pleasure today and forever. Ephesians 1, 17, Paul says this. He's doing a prayer really for his friends at the church in Ephesus. He says, I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you a spirit of wisdom and revelation that you may know him better. And I love that. And I'm gonna pray this for you just a few moments. I'm gonna pray this over you. A spirit of wisdom and a spirit of revelation. Which sounds like something we, pretty, we, we need more of, right? A spirit of wisdom and a spirit of revelation. We need greater insight and understanding. We need wisdom that's beyond worldly wisdom, but heavenly wisdom that comes supernaturally upon our life and, and shows us how to live and who God is and, ha- and, and all that he has for us in life. I'm praying for a spirit of wisdom to come on you. I'm praying for a spirit of revelation that God would reveal himself to you at any moment of any given day. You could be driving down the road, listen to the radio, all of a sudden just God reveals, he speaks to you in that moment. I love it when God does that. You open up his word, you're you're reading his word, God reveals himself to you. It's a spirit of revelation where you have supernatural insight into who he is, what he's wanting to speak to you in that moment. It's amazing that God does this, guys. So I'm going to pray this over us. But the goal isn't be super cool and look at me. Look how smart I am. Look at what God taught me. Look at what God told me. The goal is that I may know him better. That's the whole goal, guys. We're on a journey to get to know him better. When you and I show up next Sunday, I pray we all show up knowing him better. Let's commit to that this week, all right? Let's go on this journey. I'm gonna know him better. I'm gonna cultivate the presence of God, practice the presence of God, grow an awareness of the presence of God in my life, remaining in him, abiding in him and his love the best that I possibly can. I'm just gonna enjoy God. And I pray that he would be the greatest pleasure of your life this week. It's my prayer for you. Greatest joy. Would you stand your feet? Let's pray. I'd like to invite you to close your eyes and let's just pause right here in this moment. And let's just listen. God, what would you speak to me? Feel free just to close your eyes. It's, it's not a, like a spiritual thing in as much as it's just like a focus thing. God, what are you speaking to me in light of today's message? Just listen. you'd help us to walk in obedience to what you're speaking to us, what you're prompting in us. Some of us are maybe even wondering or doubting, is this even from you, God? But help us just to learn to discern your voice speaking to us. Be aware, experience your presence more and more. And walk in obedience to what it is you're, you're, you're asking of us today. Some of you, it's time for you to say yes to Jesus. 
commit to following him. Find out the life, the freedom, the joy that he has for you. So just in these next few moments, just ask for forgiveness. Jesus, forgive me. I'm trying to do it my own way. For my sin, my rebellion against you, I just ask for forgiveness. Thank you, Jesus, for taking my sins to the cross. Thank you for the forgiveness that comes from the cross. You paid that penalty. I don't have to do it now. I thank you. I accept that. I, I, I receive you into my life. I commit to following you and just ask that your presence would come and fill me. I want to just begin to pray that in these next few moments. Say yes to Jesus. That's your next step. Which is the best step in all of life. But that's just the beginning though then of all the rest of your next steps. What is God asking you to do this week? Lord, I pray that we would this week learn how to live out these words that you pray, that you said, that we would remain in you, abide in you. Lord, help us to figure out how that works in our lives, that you would help us, God, to grow in awareness of you and your presence every moment of every day. Lord, I pray this in Jesus' name. And God, I pray that you'd fill my friends with the spirit of wisdom, the spirit of wisdom, wisdom that goes beyond all earthly wisdom, that gives insight into who you are, the plans that you are working in, in our life and in this world. The truth is, God, we're just a small part of your big plan. It's ultimately about your big plan you're wanting to work, the salvation of mankind. I'm one small part of that. God, give me a, a spirit of wisdom to understand all of this. Wisdom beyond our years, a spirit of revelation. Lord, I pray, God, reveal yourself to my friends. Reveal yourself, reveal truths. Give them insight this week, spiritual insight into their life, into their own heart, into situations, Lord, into your scripture, into your word as they dive into your word, Lord. Lord, I pray that you, you would reveal yourself to them through your word, Lord. A spirit of revelation would come upon their life and wisdom so that we may know you better, God. That's the goal. God, I pray that all of us would grow closer to you and know you better. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thanks again for listening to this message at Rivers Church. We'd love to have you subscribe to this podcast if you haven't already. To learn more about what's going on in the life of our church community, check us out at riverschurch.com. I pray that this week you would walk in the power and the presence of God. Thanks for joining us.